Ready? Ready to rock. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Active Discourse, the Technology Roundtable podcast. Two friends, infinite gadgets, one podcast. And we're here today to talk about CES. I'm Bo. I'm here with Brett. What's going on? And I'm Brett. I'm, I have finally checked out Apple TV+. Plus. It's exciting. That's great news. We're both Woo. seeking shelter right now. We're in the great state of Minnesota, and yes. it's been snowing for like half the day, and it's, it's supposed to hi- snow like most of tomorrow, I think. It's the most hyped up snowstorm of the decade so far. Yeah. And before anyone asks, this is not the kind of snow you can build snowmen out of. It is not conducive to snowman building. It's like dry and super fine. It's grainy and it gets everywhere. Yeah. Okay, Anakin. <laughs> All right. Uh, so as we start off every episode, uh, we start off with follow-up. And we don't have much follow-up today. I think the only follow-up no. is uh, scheduled for Android 10. And you are due to get an Android 10 beta soon. Have you gotten that? Have you installed it? Okay. Opinions? So here's the what thing. I'm not going to get it. You're not going to get it? No. So the beta... I'm pretty sure closed before it opened up to people like me, which is people oh. who have a Galaxy S9 on a U.S. carrier. Uh, because it's it's due to release, like, next month. Um, so I, I would be very surprised if there was a beta that opened up to me. Uh, I'm pretty sure that it ran in, like, India and the U.K. and then closed up. Okay. Uh, I think maybe if you have an unlocked Samsung device, uh, S9, uh, even on a U.S. character carrier, then you may have gotten it. Because I think there were invites through the Samsung members app um, that people were reporting maybe they were getting in on. Uh, I, unfortunately, was not one of those people. So <laughs> I was not able to get uh, Samsung's Galaxy S9 Android 10 beta going on my phone. Did you want to? I did, actually. So, unfortunately, I was left out. I feel like they singled me out personally. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a while since, obviously, I've had an Android phone. And so, Samsung announced the schedule for when they're going to post the Android 10 update. And is that applicable to you, or do you need to do extra research to find out if that's applicable to you? Because... I can't remember. You're on you're on T-Mobile, right? I'm on T-Mobile. Carriers okay. do have some influence still on the updates, yep. so uh, they they do have to go through them. Has it been much of an issue? Has it been been really a big deal recently? Not for me, really. Okay. And really, until yeah. Android 10, uh, so the the S9 launched with uh, Android 9, so. Yep. Uh, it's with this phone actually. I haven't had any updates really come through that were major uh the real reason that i'm kind of feeling this way with android 10 is that one ui 2 has uh some nice improvements just kind of cleans up the interface and android 10 brings compatibility for ps4 controllers to do remote play and currently i can't do that on my tablet which is a tab s6 or my phone which is an s9 plus it doesn't have compatibility for uh, PlayStation 4 controllers, so I can't use it to do remote play. Um, 
which is something I've been looking forward to doing for like years. And, you know, I've used remote play, but you can't do it directly with a DualShock 4. There's been like workarounds and things like that, but it hasn't shaken out like I okay. expected. So overall, though, you expect that when Samsung releases this for the S9 Plus, you'll also get it at the same time. Yes, or if not, then it shouldn't take too long because T-Mobile tends to be on the faster side of things. But we'll have to see. All right. As always, there is some doubt. All right. right. (laughs) And you have a... You have a release valve coming up in the spring as well, so if you have a long time waiting, maybe you'll just splurge. and Yeah, I'll have an escape hatch. You'll have an escape (laughs) hatch, exactly. But that is February, and, you know, we're talking about something else this week, so. Yep, so today we've got got CES, which uh, at the time of recording, that happened, what, a week and a half, two weeks ago? It just concluded, I think, at the very end of last week, so... At the tail end, for sure. And so for those that are unaware, CES is the Consumer Electronics Show. It's an annual technology kickoff. Uh, it happens right at the start of every year. Uh, and it just kind of it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the year of things that uh, companies are looking to release or sometimes even just really early prototypes that maybe we won't see for a while, but that you know they want to make consumers aware that they're working on. Uh, so latest tech, prototypes, uh, big announcements, things like that. Uh, so today we're going to be kind of going over uh, Brett and I's favorite stories or, or the two products that uh, caught our interest and got us maybe licking our lips a little bit mm-hmm. for the future. I, I do want to cover one thing that, you know, if you're listening in 2035 or later, you should know that there was an actual war between Lithuania and Botswana over Sony's reveal of their PlayStation 5 logo. <laughs> it was a big deal. Okay, so that's not real. <laughs> but there was a hubbub. <laughs> there, it, hold, the, hold the phone, though. There was a PlayStation 5 logo? Yeah, yeah so that was kind of apologies Sony's for announcement. Being the, apologies for being the Xbox fanboy over here and not paying attention to the sony side but there's a sony playstation 5 logo all it was was that sony came to ces and said we're going to be releasing the playstation 5 this year so they had a logo up on the screen obviously sure and big surprise it's not very different from the ps4 one and people kind of turned it into a big deal for some reason yeah it looks like the last one that's called brand recognition so i don't know i'm not sure why people were surprised okay is it does it kind of look like a ps essentially does the five look like an s kind of it it, it's straighter it's got some straighter lines but yeah it's oh okay that's the oh wow there's been a there's a hubbub about that huh interesting Yeah, yeah there's some noise yeah all right, it looks exactly as I would have, as an Xbox fan, would have expected a PlayStation 5 logo to look like. So great. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to switch it up now. Why yeah, because it looks like the PS3 logo. It looks like the PS4 logo, the PS5 logo. Yeah, although they, they do. <laughs> speaking of the PS3, they, they did have a little bit of a deviation there with the Spider-Man yeah. font. Yes. But yeah. Yeah. It, we, we came back from it, we recovered. 
It's all good. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Okay. Back to the topic at hand. CES. Brett. Yes. What have you got? What's your What's your first kind of product or or service or whatever? What do you What What excited you or what yeah. caught your interest? Yeah. So my first pick for CES 2020. I'm still getting used to that. It's going to take a long time to get used to 2020. I've still been writing 19 when I'm writing updates. We live in the future. It's great. Yeah. Okay. So a second at uh, a time. At the very very beginning of CES 2020. The more I say it, the more I get used to it. Uh, Google Home. Uh, okay, so wow, I already already screwed it up. Sorry. Nest Home has announced. I really, I, I'm it's not used to that name, <laughs> and obviously, I'm not in the Google ecosystem too much. I have a Nest thermostat, but I'm you know, I have an I have an iPhone, and I don't have too many other Google products. But the Nest Home, I'll try to get that right. I apologize in advance. The Nest Home has announced a couple really small enhancements to their Nest Home Hub that I absolutely love. Absolutely love. And this is kind of a continuation from our last episode on the HomePod grievances that I publicly aired. The Nest Home Hub introduced a few new features that absolutely blow me away in just how simple they are but how much i actually really would like to have a apple homepod product with those features in it so the two features that really caught my mind were sticky notes that's the big thing that i'm gonna talk a lot about but also timed actions so i'd love to say Mm. hey lady in a tube turn off my lights in 10 minutes so you're going to bed i have exclusively hue lights in my bedroom and i know i want to go to bed in 10 minutes and i'm on reddit and i'm on reddit for as long as i possibly can be and at some point i get this thing in my head saying i should go to bed in 10 minutes i'd like to tell my lady in a phone turn off my lights in 10 minutes that is cool yeah that is not a thing that can happen today and i love that idea so that's a new feature that's coming. Essentially, it's also coming to Google Assistant. That was my that was my first question. Is it, is it uh, propagating to everywhere else? You can use Google Assistant, like my phone. I don't, you know, if I don't have a home hub or any of the smart home stuff, can I still use it just for my phone? That's what I that's what I gathered from this whole yeah. announcement. There's no reason why that should be exclusive to the home hub. Exactly. And obviously, Google was at CES talking about their Nest Home Hub products and all the different integrations that they have. But the Home Hub feature that I'm pretty dang excited about is the sticky notes function, which is just another real small thing. It's an obvious thing, but it's also an obvious quality of life thing that you start to get as the product matures. This product didn't have this, obviously, up until this point in its life cycle. And maybe the... Uh, developers hadn't thought about this up until now and now that they've had user feedback coming in and they've seen how people are using them in the real world they're starting to get more ideas and they're starting to mature their product and the product is getting better and it's functionality that I could find useful in my own personal world but I don't necessarily want to buy a Nest Home Hub and migrate my whole world over to the Google ecosystem. 
But this is just the natural occurrence that happens as a product evolves. And without a doubt, this product category is becoming more and more compelling, and Apple just doesn't have an answer for it right now. So the HomePod has been on shelves since early 2018, and it's changed, but it hasn't changed that much. And when I'm every single time that I see a Nest Home Hub, I see a tablet on a speaker base. That's all I see. I always see a tablet on a speaker base. And there's few companies in this world that do better tablets in the world than Apple. And they have the technology to do a tablet on a speaker base. And it's just blowing my mind that Apple has not come up with an answer yet to the Nest Home Hub. It is a bit surprising, and I I would assume they really start to invest in it more because, like you said, this this product category is not going away. It's happening. Maybe you can say that it's kind of cl- classic Apple fashion to let something stew for a little bit and then come out with their their version of it that just blows everyone else away. And I guess that remains to be seen, but... Yeah, it it is surprising that they already have a product in that category and yet it's missing kind of those things that make it pleasant compared to uh something like the the Nest Home Hub. Yeah, obviously my grievance with was almost primarily with Siri um in addition to a variety of other latency issues, but I also don't think that they're too late to the game because uh, just in December there was an announcement that there isn't an, an, it sounds open sourcey but basically a- apple amazon and google are all coming together to form some consortium that will generate like a kind of a standard essentially for home automation products and they they announced this partnership in december it has a very long way to go to actually mature into really anything but you know it's it's far from the f- from too late for Apple to enter the game. You know, there, there's been several products in the world that Apple has come in quote unquote late to the game and demolished the industry. Basically. The yeah, iPhone that's, is that's why I mentioned it is because it's kind of been their MO for, yeah. for several big launches. Right. But in, in kind of my thought process here is that Apple has all of the, the tech specs to be able to strap an basically an iPad mini to a home pod. They have the hardware down. I don't have any doubt in my mind that Apple has the capability to create the hardware for this product. But the thing that I have not seen Apple evolve with on the home pod too much is essentially the UI. They've, they've really struggled with UI and really kind of understanding casual customers over the course of the last year which is a blessing and a curse apple has figured out you know what their professional customers want but at the same time it seems like every so often they don't really completely understand what their non-professional customers want and the home pod i think is due for some evolution for what their casual customers want and the longer it takes for apple to evolve their home pod is the longer it takes for new developers to dig into hooks that they build into the HomePod ecosystem. And that's just a bad situation for them, I think, in the long run, because developers 
really make Apple's platform in my mind. I'm an Apple user because of the fact that the products, the the applications that are available on this ecosystem, I really like. And from everything I've heard from Marco Arment specifically, who talks on the Accidental Tech podcast, he's an Apple exclusive developer and he has no desire to develop for any other platform because the platform is such a great platform for him to develop on that he doesn't see any need to develop on another platform. And I want developers to have that for the HomePod as well, because then we can have so much more integration into our home automation applications Mm -hmm. and we can do so much more fun, more fun stuff. That's, that's what home that's what home kit is all about that's what home automation is all about is making your house do crazy wild things that make you believe that you live in the future which we do but when you're so i i did this recently where there is an application that hooks up with the hue lights that i have in my house and it does a gradient between different colors so when the packers are playing i set up green and yellow fade between green and yellow over the course of five minutes and it goes from green to yellow back to green all over the course of five minutes that's awesome it's amazing (laughs) and that's That's that is only using the phillips hue lights imagine what you could do with the home pod like if if the nfl was able to hook into the home pod app and you specifically said nfl every time there's a touchdown yeah by the Packers, play yeah. green and yellow. Yeah, by Lil Wayne. Right. Or yeah, exactly. <laughs> and these are things that just until Apple really evolves their platform, like Google is with their Nest Home, with their sticky notes, with their scheduled actions. Apple's missing out, and developers are missing out, and there will be less developers that are interested in developing for the HomePod because they're taking so long to you know, really dive headfirst into this market. And I I want them to figure that out this year. And sorry to make a Nest Home Hub product all about Apple, but, you know, what am I, what, what am I if I'm not the Apple co-host? That's what you're here for. <laughs> that's that's why we keep you on the show. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm here for. That's the thing I'm good at. All right, so... <laughs> But it's it's amazing, um, and I'm going to be pretty disappointed if at the end of this year there isn't any major update to HomePod. So we'll see. Yeah, maybe we'll have a episode in 2020 titled "HomePod's Back, Baby." <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll see. What's <laughs> so? Uh, CES is obviously very big for the Android world and very big for the Samsung world. What do you got? Well, Samsung is uh, one of the the largest producers of TVs and other gadgets. So they were at CES with uh, their new Q950 TV. It's an 8K QLED. And uh, this thing looked seriously impressive. I mean, even even seeing it in pictures and in clips was just astounding i mean mm-hmm. so it's it's got what they call an infinity display it's 99 percent screen there's like hardly any bezel at all 
if you're if you're sitting at the distance you would usually sit from a TV, you're you're probably not even going to see the bezel on it. It really is the future. Plus that, you know, that on top of the 8K plus the the QLED which is their quantum dot. Yeah, the I think they use the word nano IPS or nano color or something like that. It's I wonder what the actual tech spec beneath that really is because I, I I couldn't get heads or tails and I know Samsung's probably trying to hide this a little bit. It's a QLED, but really in all technicality, it's not a QLED. It's a LED backlit display with quantum dots on top of it. But you know whether yeah. or not that matters, uh, I don't know. Uh, but I, I'm curious to know what that nano thing. That nano color, nano IPS, whatever they call it, that that jumped out at me as uh, what P3 display where there's so much more color than the standard color. I'm I'm curious to hear more, and hope hope that Samsung develops it a little bit more. Aside from looking great, it has the TV, the Q950, does have another kind of interesting feature called object tracking sound, and I mean. It's still TV speakers, so it's hard for me to imagine them being great. But Response seems pretty good about this. And the idea behind the feature is that it projects sound to where the object making the sound is within the space of the display. So it sounds like things are coming from where there are where you oh. would think they're coming from. Oh. Wild. Yeah. Really? And response seemed pretty good, but yeah, it's hard for me to imagine. I mean, it's still TV speakers. How great could it be? But apparently it's not too shabby. But still, like, you know, you're watching a movie. For whatever reason, I Am Legend is coming into my head right now. I have no idea why. But you're watching I Am Legend. We're just going to go with this now. And you're watching Will Smith. And you put your ear up to where Will Smith is on the screen. And you hear him coming out of that part, huh? That would be very, very interesting indeed. Yeah, or at so least it, it seems like you are anyway. Well, yeah, it would give things more of like a 3D stage. Where it, yeah. they sound like they're coming from where they should. So it's almost like it's just another part of fooling your brain. And immersing you into whatever you're watching. Huh. It's it's funny that you think I am legend and I think Jeopardy. You know, <laughs> Alex Trebek is standing over there and I can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even watched I Am Legend within maybe the last five years. I don't know why I thought that, but you know. I don't know either, but it's a fantastic movie. So it's a great movie. It's, it's all a great good. Movie. Yeah. What are you doing out here, Fred? <laughs> uh, so the Q950 uh, comes in uh, 65, 75, and 85 inch sizes. Yep. So that's perfect for me because I think if I was going to get one, I'd get 75. Yeah, you got you got TV on your brain. You're thinking. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I I don't even know the price of this one. I can't imagine it's cheap. I'm going to be in for a, a decent upgrade. Because mm-hmm. I bought my current living room TV, I think it was like when the PS4 came out. I absolutely should not have done this. I was not financially at a point <laughs> where anyone would have recommended that I do this. But I bought a PlayStation 4, 
and like a TV stand and a TV all at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, you know, money be damned. I'm doing this. Credit cards, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Best Buy's too, so I could just put it on there and here we go. Uh Uh, And it was at kind of the tail end of like 1080p. Yeah, so it was at the tail end of like dumb screens, uh, 1080p. And so I'd be in for a pretty good update if I get one in the next, you know, 4K or or even 8K if those come down enough. Uh, So 99% uh, screen to display display. ratio is the thing that really jumped out at me for this uh tv uh 99 screen to dis- uh display ratio is wild like we don't yeah. have that on phones today now obviously a tv it's a little bit i think it's technically easier to do that on a tv you can kind of put things behind the screen so yeah it, you know it doesn't really make much of a difference if the screen's a little bit thicker yeah. It's a TV, whereas a phone, you're holding it in your hand, so you want it to be pleasant to hold. But pair uh, 8K with QLED, with HDR, yeah. with you know a really high-quality HDR at that, yeah. and then 99% screen-to-body ratio? Holy fuck. Yeah. Imagine crazy. watching that in the dark. It would really just seem like it's literally floating there. Yeah. It, it's, it, it sounds so cool, so... This does uh, relate pretty closely to my second idea or second thing that I want to talk about for CES, by the way, uh, from 2020. It's Samsung's rotating TV. (laughs) For those of you who haven't followed CES, first and foremost, CES has a lot of products that don't ever get released. Some companies come here and say, hey, we're going to release this crazy wild thing. And then it never happens. And I think this is one of those things. So this is a screen that literally rotates. But I assume our listener happens to have a TV in their living room that's in landscape display. But imagine if that same display, if you said rotate now and it rotated 90 degrees, that's what this product is, ladies and gentlemen. So this thing, is is it like motorized? It's motorized. It can't be mounted to a wall. The oh. the speaker <laughs> is built into the stand itself, and it can be a it can be a photo frame when it's not being used huh. in regular regular life. But it's crazy to me, absolutely crazy to me, because everyone I know basically either mounts their TV or puts it not on the floor, and they put it somewhere that it's. I don't know, elevated. And it's the centerpiece of your living room. And this seems like just a weird-ass thing to do. So, first and foremost, hmm. he, I, let's let's dig into why this thing exists. First and foremost, Bo, I have a question for you. How frequently do you mirror, not cast, but mirror your phone screen onto your TV? How often do you do that? One time ever. Okay. <laughs> how likely do you think most people even know that's the thing you can do you think it's i don't likely? think it's very likely however no. yeah however mm-hmm. my uh cousin does it pretty much every time we're over at at over at his place like for um holidays 
Interesting. Okay. Pretty much every time he'll put something up there mirrored from his phone. Mirrored from his phone. Not just casting, mirroring. Interesting. Okay. That's that's an interesting turn of events. I feel like most people probably don't know that they can cast or they can mirror their phone to their screen. And that is the whole function of this TV. If you have a Samsung phone and you have this crazy Samsung uh, display, when you cast your phone to the screen and you rotate it in any direction, the screen will turn. And I watched the video of this and it looks like it takes like a good like 20, 30 seconds to actually turn. Are you serious? (laughs) So like you rotate. Could you imagine standing there being like, okay, I have to show you this. Hang on. Let my TV rotate. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> Maybe it goes faster than that, but I can't imagine it goes that much faster than that because it also seems like a, a kind of like a dangerous thing because if let, let's just say some poor soul buys this thing and they don't realize it rotates and then they just cast it and then it rotates and they're like, "Oh no, my picture's on the wall." <laughs> Or whatever, like they or set up someone some... gets like bladed in the head. Yeah, it's oh my, it's wild. Goodness. It it's it's a product that solely exists for something that I don't think people really do at all. Maybe you do it once in a while, but really, are the black bars that bad? I mean, maybe it's so you can also use apps. It it's apps, yes, that you'd use on phone, right? Because Samsung is out of Korea, right? And <laughs> I mean. They have certain apps over there and uses of their devices that are just totally foreign to us in the West. Right. That's totally true. But I mean, let's, let's just talk about things that we know mostly about Instagram. You know, that's not a horizontal product. It's hardly even a product that exists off, off your phone. Tick, TikTok is a thing that the kids are doing these days. That's the oldest sentence I've ever said. TikTok would probably be a huge one for this device. Yeah, that that's what they were talking about. You know, that's when all the videos I've seen about this and the Samsung reps talking about this. They're like, oh, yeah, this is the best TV for TikTok. Like, are the, are the black bars really that bad? And is anybody thinking like, man, I really wish I had a TV that I could mirror yeah. my phone's TikTok to? And how yeah. cool would it be if it rotated automatically? It's it's. It's such an interesting idea, but here's the thing. Like, this feels like an idea that makes sense for about, like, 10 minutes, but then most people, if push came to shove, and they have to spend a premium on this, do not underestimate the fact that this thing is going to cost at least 500 to $700 more than the the TV that would the not rotate. The equivalent TV of the same size. Guaranteed. No question about it. This is a premium product. Who would spend that much more to get this weird-ass thing? No one would do People that. People who don't really... want to get up from their couch to manually rotate their right. TVs that are mounted. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, they're not they're not living like Cro-Magnons. Yeah. <laughs> so the other alternative isn't really that bad. So if you want to... The thing is you cast your phone to the TV because you want to see it bigger. And your 55-inch TV is bigger than your 6-inch phone. So you cast it to your screen, and that accomplishes the task. Or maybe you just use your TV when you want to watch TV, and you use your phone when you want to go on TikTok or on Instagram or whatever. Like, it's 
no one's going to spend a premium to essentially have this weird <laughs> weird thing. Yeah. But the ridiculousness is also I, I I like it too. Yes, I feel like maybe I've been overly critical. Yeah. I do want to get a comment in there saying I like that that companies are trying something new. I don't want to poo-poo innovation. This is just hilarious in this particular scenario. Yeah. It's 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 wild to talk about. It's so much fun to kind of poke fun at it and but it it is a ridiculous product. It highlights how crazy CES is because there's so many products at this trade show that's just concepts. And it's just a concept. Samsung says they're going to sell it. Let's be real. They'll they maybe put it on sale, someone can buy it, and then it's going to be gone. But I'm glad it exists because this allows us all as a community to say is this a good idea? I don't know. Maybe a couple of people buy it. A couple of people love it. Maybe people love it for a lot. And then <laughs> next year, there's another one. And it rotates yeah. in 10 seconds instead of 25. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the measure of these now. Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so eventually we'll be measuring the spec of how long it takes to rotate from landscape to portrait. It's got a eventually four millisecond be... rotation time. Right, right. <laughs> so... You know, it's it's a wild product. Maybe it'll take off, in which case I'll clip off this whole thing and share it in like 10 years when we're all watching our TVs and portrait because life is weird. But yeah. Or. So. Or. Or not. <laughs> or. Or. You and I in 10 years look back on this and it's on the internet and we listen to it and we say, oh yeah, we tried that. That didn't work. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. So that's all I have to say on the rotating Samsung okay. display. It's, Let's get back to something a little bit more realistic, huh? Yeah, something that we probably <laughs> have the opportunity to buy. Yeah. Something that has a proven use case. It's a weird-ass <laughs> name. Go ahead. I'll let you tell me about it. So this is the Razer Kishi. Okay. It's, uh, it's a controller attachment for your phone so it'll work on android and ios devices uh razor is a very well known uh somewhat celebrated somewhat uh derided uh gaming manufacturer for better or worse i have razor speakers sitting on my desk they replace the homepod and this is a like i said this is this is a product that kind of has a, a proven use case so it's it's kind of a nintendo switch like controller it's got two separate kind of halves and uh its predecessor actually razor did do this before it was called the jungle cat the razor jungle cat um yep. now that now that one that iteration which i think was their first i'm not entirely sure about that though that one had it connected over bluetooth so it internally had batteries that you had to charge now the the probably the worst part about the jungle cat was that the two the two halves charged separately so you'd have to hmm. plug in each half individually in order that's to charge how the them. switch works though that's how the switch is works. it okay yeah. i was not yeah, aware each... of that i don't own a switch yeah um okay. the kishi improves on that because now it connects over USB-C or lightning so it's a, a wired connection, and therefore it does not need batteries. 
However, it still has a port so that you can pass through, charge the phone while it's in the cradle between the two controller halves. That sounds nice. Okay. Yeah. So essentially you attach each half of this controller, you, you separate them, slide them apart, and then put your phone in between and then uh, tighten them up and then it, it'll plug into the the uh, lightning or, or USB-C port and then you can play games uh, like it's a controller or you know very similar to a Nintendo Switch. And I, I think they're really kind of betting that cloud gaming is going to be uh, a big deal, which I'm sure it is. Yeah. So it's already starting to heat up. You, and I, I'm actually looking at this thinking, well, wish I would have had this a couple of years ago. Could have been mm-hmm. able to play PS4 well, remote play. You can't do that until you get Android 10, though. Well, uh, I can run it. I just can't use the DualShock 4. Ah, okay. All right. So it'll it work does have on screen controls, but that's no fun at all. So I'm going to praise this product first before I get mad at it. Um, but starting with the praise. So I have a Nintendo Switch. Uh, as I talked about a little bit before, I'm an Xbox guy, but I'm also a Nintendo Switch guy because that's just the way I roll. And everyone is a Nintendo person. Yeah. Right. How do you, how do you not? And I love my Switch uh, and I use it. Actually, I use it way more than my Xbox. And, but I think I would use it more, honestly, if that platform was on my iPhone and I had the capability to hook up some controllers to my iPhone. So I would use my Switch more if I essentially had this Razer Kishi. There's no question about it. It, it. Obviously, then in which case you need to get the Nintendo games on there. That's the second part of this. But I would have used my Nintendo more if it was a smartphone. You know, props to this. I think this is a great idea. It looks kind of like an Xbox controller in terms of the buttons. It's got yeah, the, that was interesting. the offset sticks. It's got buttons that look very similar to the Xbox. Like identical. Yeah. Um, that there, there cannot be a coincidence there because I know that the couple of videos that I saw on this, everyone was demonstrating Project xCloud, uh, Microsoft's yeah. cloud streaming service. It cannot be a coincidence that Microsoft either helped with this or was like, by the way, if you do this, we're going to give you guys first party support or, you know, throw a lot of support your way via marketing or whatever to say, hey, you know, do this. And you should really make those buttons look like Xbox buttons, not PlayStation buttons. So, um, yeah, it looks nice. Um, at the same time, though, like this thing looks janky as hell. Maybe that's just the prototype that it was at. But um, I mean, it has a belt that connects the two. It looks when you take it apart, it looks a little bit floppy. Um, I hope that the tension that keeps it together uh, is strong enough. And I hope it doesn't wear out. Right. And get yeah. loose. Because first and foremost, that floppy belt, that looked a little like ridiculous. Like, it it kind of looks maybe like it was prototype or something. But, right? Yeah. In this picture. And I don't know. I, mm, or silicon yeah, or something. I'm I'm sure there'll be more products like this out there that take kind of the Nintendo Switch control on rails approach that they have. So maybe they'll do that at some point. I don't know. But either yeah. way, like I love the idea of it. The what if it was a prototype? It looks like, you know, they made it in their in their basement essentially before they went to CES and ideally that's not the final shipping product because it looks very flimsy. Well, it's it's shipping early or they're starting to sell it early 2020. So it's coming up fairly quickly. 
So I don't know if they'd have much time to make a better thing. Like this, this is probably what's going to be for sale. Yeah, that makes sense. So if it's indeed $99 as has been rumored, it obviously hasn't been uh, guaranteed yet, but it's been rumored. Uh, I guess. Okay. So everything I'm seeing is saying that, so the jungle cat is currently at 99 and uh, pretty much everything I've seen says that the Kishi will sit below that. So I highly doubt it's going to be more, especially since it doesn't include the batteries or the Bluetooth. It just plugs in with a hard connection. I, I'm going to go on record and say it's probably going to be less than $100, maybe 80 Maybe. Which makes it much more viable. But yeah. I, I would definitely pay a little bit of a premium to have something that was less plasticky, but that's not very common, I think, in terms of what people are looking for for a portable controller. Yeah. Not sure. And yeah, I don't know. I, I'd it's like a... to try one maybe before I buy it or just have a guarantee that I don't have to stick with it, you know, because I'd like to see how kind of solid it feels. You know, the other thing is that, that that's the launch price. Um, products go on sale constantly. Yeah. And this will go down for sure. Specifically Razer products. Like I didn't buy my Razer speakers at full price. Who buy who buys their products at full price anymore these days? Yeah, that's so 2019. It's a it's a neat product. I yeah, I'm I'm curious. It's going to be a, a really of a quickly evolving platform, I think. Uh mobile gaming, I think is just a very very early platform. Apple Arcade hasn't really taken off by any stretch of the imagination, but it has full support for controllers. Uh what with Android 10 having full support for controllers. Obviously there's like five people in the world that have Android 10 as of now, but you know next year there'll be at least 20. It's probably 7 since we started recording. Yeah, right. So, you know, there's there's more people every day that have Android 10 and all joking aside, you know, there's more and more people that would probably want to play you know, games, Fortnite, whatever that are that require controller, this is an alternative. An Xbox controller, a PlayStation 4 is an alternative with, you know, whether or not you want to prop your phone up on the desk or if you want to mount it to the controller. That's an incredibly popular thing that I'm going to do pretty soon here. And when Project xCloud launches, if that's the final name, whatever, uh, that's going to be a huge drive. Sony was guaranteed to have something like that. And there's probably even more. I I would imagine Stadia is... I have no idea where Stadia is going, but it shouldn't be going away anytime soon because Google just launched that like a couple months ago. It at least has like four months left of its life. You, so. you never can tell with Google, <laughs> though. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's a very young market, and I think that a product from Razer, such a um, strong gaming company like that, I think that's... I'll be curious to see one in stores, and if it's better than the flimsiness that it looks, I'd be curious to possible yeah and i mean i've tried other kind of controller mounting uh, gizmos just kind of one that i got from my phone uh by nyko and uh it had like a couple rubber bands that you put around the controller kind of and like a tray that you put your phone in and it worked okay but the plastic that wrapped around the the dualshock 4 the playstation 4 controller it was so thin mm. that it broke so easily 
Like I think I had that thing for for a month or or two, and it broke. I don't have a lot of uh, faith in in a lot of these things because you know they're. I mean they they have to try to be small, I guess, if they want to be portable. But at the same time, you know, like can we get something that's a little bit more substantial? Yeah. And this one at least does have that going for it. On the controller halves, they they look pretty thick. Uh, but you're right. The middle part is kind of where I would see the the failures to start, if anywhere. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and even if version one is a little bit flimsy, you know, they just rolling this all the way back around. You know, or is this version two? I don't. Oh, I guess version two. But anyway, rolling this all the way back around. You know, you have to get a product out into the world, and you have to see what works like the nest home hub you got to see what works what people are using it for and then you make a great version two and so you know maybe version one's a little bit flimsy but version two should be better so yeah and by no means do i think this is a game-changing product but it's something that i had personal interest in given that i'd like to play some playstation 4 games on my phone yeah so uh, it's something I'm going to keep an eye on, and maybe we'll revisit it uh, future episode. And yeah, I've, you know, I've uh, checked out Apple TV now. I'm due to check out Apple Arcade and rediscuss all the different things during the slow season of the summer. So it'll be it'll be uh, that's a long term checkout, but we'll see what happens. So I think other things that there, there's two other things that we want to discuss from CES. So real quick, I just want to make a quick mention. I, I know on this. Sh- show i've made very strong references to the my i don't want to say i'm upset but i'm disappointed in bluetooth over audio or audio over bluetooth we're not mad we're just disappointed (laughs) and bluetooth le or bluetooth audio has left a lot to be desired for me and to kick absolutely kick off ces i think it was even i don't even i don't know for sure if this was a announcement at CES or if it was just close by um, the Bluetooth special interest group announced a new Bluetooth audio standard uh, and a corresponding codec that goes along with it that will allow for higher fidelity audio over the same bandwidth that Bluetooth 5 currently offers and this is just an announcement there's no standards really in existence yet from what I understand they are going to launch it later on in the year and so that doesn't even mean that we we'll see products until maybe late 2020 at the earliest, maybe 2021. And so we won't see anything from this yet, but I'm really, really hopeful that maybe this Bluetooth LE audio, and I can't remember what the name of the Bluetooth codec is called, but I'm hopeful that the tandem of this allows for something, an improvement in latency an improvement in pairing Obviously, it's going to improve audio quality because that's what they're, you know, calling out, saying this is going to make quality so much better. I'm hopeful that it also has something to do with improving latency, and pairing, and multiple support. Uh, it's we got a long way to go until it's actually implemented into a product, but I think it's. I have to make an announcement about it just because of the fact that yeah, I have such yeah vocal. You've got big problems with Bluetooth discomfort with Bluetooth. Audio. <laughs> I. I haven't had that big of issues really with the Bluetooth stuff that I do because I have, you know, we've talked about it a little bit before, but I've got some wireless Bluetooth earbuds and 
uh, I've used them uh, with my tablet and my phone and switched uh, only a couple times, but uh, they seem to do it quickly enough and never really had issues with it. So yeah, it's not, yeah Apple does it, something with their AirPods that I believe is outside the Bluetooth spec, and it allows me to keep my phone in the kitchen and walk into my garage and I don't lose connection to my AirPods. Whereas if I walk maybe like 20 feet away from my phone wearing my Bose Bluetooth headphones, which are not using the magic AirPod technology, whatever the hell Apple did, I lose, I lose uh, connection almost immediately. And my, I love my Bose headphones. They're, they sound good. They're the best sounding quality headphones that I've had so far, but the Bluetooth has just absolutely made this product investment disappointing because Bluetooth just leaves so much to be desired on these headphones. But the AirPods are great, and I know that they're going beyond the Bluetooth standard in some weird-ass way, and I have no idea how. And I could look into it, but I'm not going to right now. So anyway, hopefully some of this standard update brings whatever airpod magic to the rest of the world because i think if you were able to experience airpods you'd see that it's a pretty great experience maybe yeah so that's all i had from the rest of ces yeah uh one thing that uh, i'm just thinking of now is that there seem to be kind of a lot of laptops oh yeah do you notice that that's that's ces honestly (laughs) i've i've paid attention to ces uh in decreasing amounts up until this year uh but god there's so many laptops announced yes yeah. it's like because hp's got one the elite dragonfly which has some uh kind of security things buzz. and like find my laptop with these tile with the built-in tile support that's getting some buzz uh-huh uh lg had one or no uh sorry lenovo rather uh the first 5g laptop lenovo yoga 5g and then there was a new one from Dell, which actually looked really, really good. Uh, the new, uh, this is just a new version of their previous XPS 13 series. Is um, that the one with the two screens? No. Okay. So it's not the prototype one. Nope. This one cool. was just like a really, really good looking Windows laptop with super thin bezels. Are you in the market for replacing your laptop? No, I have an okay. X. Well, so I have an XPS 15 right now. And I really like it, but recently I think I've run into an issue that's probably a battery problem Mm. because if I unplug from the wall, my computer will just shut down after a couple seconds. And if I start it up and look at the, uh, the event viewer in windows, it's, it's a kernel error 40, uh, error number 41. And I've kind of looked into it, but uh, not too deeply and I, I think it might be a battery problem so maybe i have to replace my battery i'm not 100 percent sure okay so one more and, and and this should have been one of our top picks the the charmin robot why was this not both of our number one items i love that charmin <laughs> is making an appearance at ces with us this is funny so for those who are unaware toilet paper company charmin is looking to solve all of your problems. <laughs> so when you're in the bathroom doing your business and you finish up, there's no toilet paper and you panic. 
It's code red. Defcon one. Well, Charmin's here to help. They they've got this new robot. It's a it's a Bluetooth controlled robot bear. No no joke. That brings you toilet paper when you need it most. Yeah. <laughs> that is the most uh use case specific product I think I've ever seen. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like a tiny Segway, but for toilet paper. <laughs> right? Are they actually releasing this? Or is this a joke? I have no idea. This is crazy. I mean, they have to now. <laughs> <laughs> Put it into we've, the world. You have to do it. We've come too far. There's no going back. Although I don't know if that's actually all there was. So not only did Charmin. Did not only did they show off the robot VIP VIP and smell sense what the hell so VIP is <laughs> now I'm thinking more and more that this maybe is a joke VIP which you know spelled V I P E E is a fancy portable toilet that comes <laughs> equipped with none other than an Oculus Rift S VR headset, so you can play VR while you pee. Oh my god! Yeah, I, I heard uh, the Android Central podcast talking about this, where they were like, "Yeah, so you're at a concert, and you know you don't want to miss out a single second of that concert that you paid way too much money for. <laughs> Put on the VR headset and go piss." <laughs> okay. Yep. All right. God, I don't want to use that headset. Are you kidding me? Oh, it's disgusting. <laughs> All it is is around pee vapors. It's disgusting. <laughs> okay. Well, then maybe this other one is up your alley. It's called the smell sense. Those those goggles are right on your face. <laughs> and it's a smell detector. Inches away from your eyes. It's disgusting. A smell detector that detects bad smells. And then warns you not to go in there. <laughs> and just to wait it out. <laughs> and it has a screen. So that it can show you these messages. And when it when it says not to go in there, there's an angry bear that shows up. Otherwise, if it's all good, then it just it tells you the, you know, happy bear and go ahead. Called smell sense, the electronic sensor detects carbon dioxide or hydrogen sulfide found in poop. It then notifies you via a go no go display on the on the status of the stench and when to go in as it's safe. It's safe. Wow, man! Charmin's out here solving the real problems. So yeah, there we go. no kidding, man. That's that is that is funny. That is. Funny stuff. CES in a nutshell. Yeah, man. <laughs> and, uh, there was a lot more yeah, that we didn't cover. That's CES. That's what I come to know and expect from CES. Yeah, it's just what we personally were interested in. So if you guys uh, had your own uh, CES things that you were interested in, feel free to send us comments, feedback, or questions to activediscourse at iCloud.com. Let us know. So we have a new email, and, um, and we actually am, own this one. I'm kind of curious to know, you know, uh, 
as I was kind of going back and forth, the reason why I did the iCloud.com is because recently I've been interested in using iCloud.com a little bit more. Um, and I don't know, like it seems like a, a product, a, a domain name that most people know. And, but I don't know what the like industry standard alternative to Gmail is. Like, is there one? I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, it's probably, to know. it's probably like your own domain. Yeah, which at at this point we probably aren't at a stage where we can invest in that. Someday, yeah. But someday maybe we'll have you know activediscourse dot com or something. Sure. Don't um, buy it. Don't buy it before we do, people. Don't be yeah, douches. That's that's just a <laughs> huge dick move. <laughs> it's a super troll move, and we'll just yeah. change the name of the podcast to troll you back. It's just rude. So, yeah, anyway, the main question we have is kind of, you know, because iCloud obviously is an Apple service. Um, yep. We we would like to be neutral. Um, Sorry, but yeah. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. It's just, you know, ideally a neutral one would be great. Yeah. Because we're, we're kind of playing to the all sides thing and we're a round table where we look at, at every side. And so it'd be yep. cool to have a neutral one. So we did look at at some services that are you know, like open source or free and, and they, they had limitations that, um, that maybe we could deal with, but, um, we went with one of the common ones that people would recognize. And, and so yeah. if, if you have alternatives or, or any other feedback, let us know. And, you know, outlook.com was the other alternative and honest to God, like, uh, flip a coin, maybe like two months ago when we were trying to make the, when I was trying to make this decision, I would have flipped a coin and theoretically would have gone with outlook just as much as I would have gone with Mm -hmm. iCloud.com because of the fact that they have very deep alias support as well, uh, which was a driving factor for iCloud for me. Um, But mm, there's, I I don't know. I think there's some slight more stigma to outlook.com. I think a lot of people associate it with, you know, work and whatnot and, I don't know. So anyway, um, iCloud active discourse at iCloud.com. Can't stress that enough. That's the email address that you should be sending feedback to. And we have gotten feedback to it. So I appreciate uh, you guys for emailing us there. So, um, and next time in February, we're entering a, uh, an expensive time for Bo at some point. He might not necessarily have to replace his S nine plus, but this is the year for him to <laughs> replace it. And the first potential product that he would replace his S9 Plus with is going to be announced in February. And Yes, so just a few short weeks away. <laughs> yes. The name of the product, we're not completely sure on what it's called right now because the rumors are just weird. But maybe it's the S11 or the S20. I don't yeah, know. it's the S11, but rumors say it could be called the S20, uh, sure. possibly to line up with the year. So then maybe they would go forward with the S21 and 22, etc. Maybe. But, you know, maybe. we'll find out know. in uh, a few weeks. And so will you. Yes. So right out, or, uh, shortly thereafter, um, the announcement, Samsung's making their announcement on February 11th. And, you know, that following weekend, we'll, we'll, Bo and I will talk. I'll edit this bad boy up and we'll have it posted. And we'll talk to you again in February. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye.